You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Right now, there are so many deadlines, dates, questions being asked regarding all of these vaccine mandates. I'm just going to, there are so many storylines and you guys are sending me amazing amounts of email with all kinds of, hey, this person's saying this. What do you think about that? There are so many storylines that we can be talking about right now. I'm just going to start picking some. Today, what we're working on is, title is, What's in a Number for the OSHA Vaccination Mandate? It's Crucial. So the OSHA Vaccination Mandate, that's the part of uh, an emergency. We're going to talk about it. It uh, it. It is the over a hundred people in a company. Yeah, you've all got to be vaccinated. That's what we're going to look at today. And we're going to specifically look, look, look at that number 100. Where did that come from? Well, did we just pull it out of our backside? It kind of looks that way, but stay tuned. Let's get into it before we do. If you're new, welcome. My name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies here in the greater Seattle, Washington area. And despite the fact that I'm from Seattle, some say that I Approach the news from a reasonable standpoint. It's what we're doing. All right, let's get into it. What's in a number? President Joe Biden's call, and, and this is uh, this is from Bloomberg Law. That sounds official. That sounds like deep stuff, right? Oh, dry. But no, I mean, I, I find this stuff really interesting because it's like, all right, 100-person threshold. Where did that come from? What is that based on? I don't know. All right. President Joe Biden's call for OSHA to enact a COVID-19 vaccination and testing mandate for employers with 100 or more employees puts the agency in new territory for rulemaking. Should OSHA be making up these rules regarding vaccinations? I'm going to go with a hard no, but I'm in the minority here, it seems like, it feels like. But yeah, uh, since since when... Does this happen? I guess it's 2021. There is no precedent for a 100-person threshold, said Thomas McGarrity, who teaches administrative law at the University of Texas at Austin School of Law and follows the Occupational Safety and Health Administration's regulations. If the emergency rule the agency releases follows the administration's plan, so we don't even really have, we've just got some bullet points now, right now. On this whole thing, the the federal employees uh, vaccination mandate, the hundred employees um, in companies with employees of a hundred or more need to get vaccinated. All of these are basically all we have right now are bullet points. We don't have the fine print, and that's what we're waiting for. And then let the lawsuits begin. If the emergency rule the agency releases follows the administration's plan to require that businesses with 100 or more employees ensure their workers are fully vaccinated or tested weekly, it also would be one of the few OSHA regulations that exempts employers based on the number of workers, said Jordan Barab, who served as OSHA's deputy assistant secretary for eight years during the Obama administration. This stuff is all just clear as mud to me. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, 100 employees. Well, how does that even logic? Well, they're big companies, okay? Majority of businesses in the United States, they're small. Hmm. Yeah. When you look at the overall sheer numbers, the 100 plus employee threshold raises a range of concerns for employers and advocates, including whether people working from home will be included in an employer's count and how the rule will consider temporary workers and independent contractors. I've got all independent contractors on the summit side. I've got over 100. 
yeah, they're not employees. So big consideration there, but I do not see that happening. But stranger things have happened. That's why we're kind of waiting for the fine print. This is just crazy people working from home. I know so many people who've been working home since March of 2020. How are they in a position to impact the safety of their coworkers? If this is an employee mandate? I mean, there's so many questions. I have a lot of a lot of people say, yeah, there's no way that legally that's going to go through. All right. But we're talking about it. You know what I mean? So some employers say the making the 100 employees, the all important number could have unintended consequences. Stephen Sandher, chief executive officer of Arlington, Virginia-based Associated General Contractors of America, a trade group representing commercial construction companies, told the Department of Labor in a September 18th letter that its members justifiably fear that many workers will leave for small companies that are exempted from the standard rather than be vaccinated or tested weekly. I'm getting tons of email of people saying, hey, got this many people in our department, only these, this many folks have submitted their vaccination, proof of vaccination. Management, pretty worked up. I mean, and that's, they're going to be worked up because everybody's in a position where we don't want to lose good employees, number one. And number two, we don't have enough good employees in most employment situations right now no matter what, in so many different industries, they're short on good workers to have to fire some workers based on a mandate that may or may not be legal. I mean, it's, it's just an incredible pressure on all these businesses that are been struggling because, all right, you're in business, you're closed, you're essential, you're not essential. What day is it depends on how your business is doing. You know what I mean? It's just... Shocking that we're going to throw yet another layer, which is the vaccine mandate in an economy that is experiencing a massive labor shortage, like 11 million jobs. All right. All right. Well, we're, we're really short a lot of workers. Let's make it even more not eligible for the workplace, right? Numbers game. D. Anna Hayes, a shareholder with Ogletree, Deacons, Nash, Smoke, and Stewart uh, law firm said the 100 employee threshold could be based on coronavirus exposure risk increasing proportionately with the number of employees in a workplace. Yeah, but if you're socially distanced, which we're told makes us safe, if you're wearing a mask, unless you're sitting at your desk, desk, we're told that we're safe. the whole thing is just, it, it's shocking to me that, all right, 100 employees. Is this based on any data or science? I guess we'll find out. I doubt it. But there's just a number, right? For the standard to, to survive, this is where it gets good. For a standard to survive a likely federal court challenge, likely, it, that's going to happen. OSHA will have to show COVID-19 poses a grave danger to employees covered by the mandate. Is that going to be a tough thing to do? I've I've watched various videos on, you know, legal experts. Don't you love it when now you just got some dude sitting at home and they say, ah, he's an expert in this. And you're like, oh, okay. What's that in the background? I saw one yesterday on what, CNBC and the gal had like an exercise bike right behind her. 
It's like, okay, you're going to get up from this interview and just hop on your bike and start riding. I don't know. Those are the things that always go through my mind. It, completely ridiculous, but that's what I think about. And then I try and focus on what is this person telling me? Because they're an expert in employee, employer relations, and I should be listening. But I, I'm thinking about their workout on the bike. I don't know. That's the whole uh, video from home thing that is uh, a little distracting for me. Um, but you watch these people and you, you'll hear one guy say, oh, over 100, good Lord. You know, if these all these workers go back to work, Rona everywhere. And then other people are like, yeah, there, there's no precedent for that. And for this, this, and this reason, I don't really think it's, this isn't based on anything real that we can see. So, you know, why are we doing this? So much of that out there. The Biden administration's plan doesn't seem to account for the type of industry or workplace at issue or for preventative measures an employer may have in place to safeguard workers. Yeah, why does it matter how many employees you have? Where is that? Don't know. But everybody's just like, oh, over 100. Is, is your company over 100? It is. Ooh, not good. I'm going to have to address that. In fact, the White House has released few details about the emergency temporary standard. That's what it is. That's what I was talking about earlier. It's an emergency temporary standard. And you have to be able to prove grave danger. Um, the last time we had this, it was regarding asbestos, I think was an example. And then also, there was something else. And I, I think it got overthrown. Um, so the emergency temporary standard OSHA is developing, which administration officials have said could take weeks to complete. And yet we've got a deadline coming up here of what October 28th, I believe 26 28. I'm trying to keep track of all these dates in my head. It's not working out because I've got state here in Washington. We've got city, we've got county, we've got federal. It's just, I mean, let's be honest, this is a nightmare. In fact, the White House, okay, we already read that. The National Retail Federation and the Retail Industry Leaders Association, in a letter earlier this week, asked Labor Department leaders to answer more than a dozen questions about the rulemaking, underscoring the level of employer uncertainty at this point. Uncertainty? We don't know what the F is going on. That's the bottom line. We have no idea. We've got just these bullet points. Yeah, have you got a company with over 100 facts? Get the jabby jab. Bill Principal, Bill Principe, co-chair in Atlanta, Costangi, Brooks, Smiths, and Profite. Man, these law firms, their names. They had nothing to do with it. Just read the title. All right. The Workplace Safety Group practice said that he expects OSHA will calculate based on a company's total size and not count each work site separately. And yet they're all, not all working in one location. So they can't spread the Rona. I don't know. Logically, I do not see this as a reality, but crazier things have happened, right? The agency will need to detail how the 100 employee threshold is applied across a range of work arrangements, such as employees of franchi franchisee businesses, as well as contracted, all right, temporary, and gig workers, Principe said. The retail industry group, trade groups, 
hit at the same points in their questions and also asked how the agency will define remote workers. This is a nightmare. This is a nightmare for companies, just period. Franchiser fears. That's our next section here. How workers are counted in a central is a central concern for franchisee businesses. Because they're not I mean, the franchises, they're like independent little businesses affiliated with corporate, but they're not all working under the same thing. You know, not all McDonald's or McDonald's a franchise? Are they an independent franchise? I, I forget. But it, it's example like that. They're all under corporate, right? And but each little business might have how many employees? I don't know. How many employees does a, a, a McDonald's have on its roster? I don't know. Is, is it 20? Is it 30? Got to have all those shifts covered. You know what I mean? Maybe it's less. Maybe it's 10. I'm not sure. But how do you keep track of that? And if you've got, you know, one franchise in each of the states, you got 50 franchises with 10 people, you're way over, you know, 10 people per whatever it is business, you're way over the 100 limit. But realistically, those are independent little businesses operating. And to me, it seems like the threat of spread should be, uh, yeah, you know where we're going with that. The group wants the agency to refrain from totaling workers across a franchisor's brand, Lehman said. That approach could make all franchise businesses subject to the rule, even if individual companies have well under 100 employees. Lehman also called for the standard to be clear that where multiple workplaces are operated as separate corporate locations, each location should determine its employee headcount and not be added together as a group. Can you see where this is headed and how difficult this will be to determine? I mean, this this could be in court for years trying to figure out all this nonsense. The 100 employee number is not one of OSHA's go-to figures when considering business size. The agency's rules for keeping records of an on-the-job injuries and illnesses exempt employers with 10 or few workers from the requirements unless OSHA specifically tells the employer to comply. And employers with fewer than 20 workers don't have to annually submit copies of the injury and illness reports. Filing requirements for larger firms vary based on the employee count and industry. But here we are with a vaccine mandate Everybody that's at a company over 100 employees, which we will determine what constitutes an employee at a later date when we release the full findings. How much do you want to bet that the October 26th or 28th deadline for this federal rule gets kicked out? Yeah, I would bet some pretty good money on that, right? There's no way they're going to have time to get this all in line. To me, this is a way to get people to get the jab. That's how I see it. It's pressure. It's pressure. And, and people are feeling it. I mean, if you need to keep your job, but like so many of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast viewers, you are willing to give up your job. You're, you're not willing to trade. You're basically, the government's basically asking you to pimp out your body. That's what's happening. Hey, you get the jab, we'll let you keep your job. How about that? Mm. Yeah, there's so many of you that have said, I, I don't think so. I don't, yeah, 
not down with it. What's really interesting to me is how many firefighters and nurses are like, yeah, I, I don't think so. Police officers in there, state troopers. How many, uh, I mean, it's just, it's like, okay, these are the people that are on the front lines and they're like, ah, you know what? I want a little bit more time to be able to study the actual results of these vaccinations, of the impact they're having on people. I don't need to necessarily rush out right now and do it. Uh, can we have some more time? And yet the federal government with OSHA saying, nope, it's coming in late October. Let's see how that goes. Let's see how that goes. And let's also see what the COVID numbers look like at that point. Because the whole grave danger thing, that to me, if those numbers are dropping quite substantially, but then they're going to, what they're going to point to as, wow, we've got this other variant out here that oh, it could be grave danger. It's where we sit. However, OSHA rules that deal directly with prohibiting workplace haz hazards don't have exemptions based on an employer's size. Hmm. Problematic. For instance, regulations mandating full protection gear for construction workers at heights apply whether the employer has three or 300 workers. So it's an occupational, situational deal. All right, what do you do for a living? That's pretty dangerous. Don't care how many employees you have, run a safety line. You know what I mean? It's like if a roofing is a roofing company, yeah, you need to wear that safety line with that hook off the top of the, off the roof. Um, cause that makes sense, right? This mandate, this federal mandate through OSHA for a hundred employees, everybody's like a hundred employees. Where, where, where did that number come from? I don't, I don't ever remember this being a thing. And I've been in business a long time. Where did that? Yeah, we just pulled it out of our backside. And by we, you know what I mean? Um, it, that's what it feels like has happened here. And so a lot of folks are, okay, big business or small business, big concerns. The 100 employee floor could pass a court review since courts allow agencies leeway in setting limits on otherwise legal regulations, said Michael Duff, a visiting professor of law at such and such who focuses on administrative law. Agencies have a great deal of administrative discretion, Duff said. Yeah, this is a great deal that we need here to make this thing go. I don't know if this is going to go through. The administration's decision, it's certainly not going to go through the way that it's going to come out, right? I mean, the administration's decision to limit the standard scope could be based on a desire to have OSHA focus enforcement on larger employers because it wouldn't be practical to try covering every workplace, Duff said. That's what I thought, but it's not like companies that are over 100 specifically work in just one industry. I know that, you know, you got the whole tech workers, you've got biotech workers, those work at big companies. Uh, how about the banking industry, finance, a lot of big companies there. But then there's also a lot of small little companies in those same industries. So how does this work? So many questions, zero answers. So, and that's literally what we're doing until, until these regulations come out in the fine print we can read. 
We don't really know. We are just guessing and we're just talking about theoretical situations here. So they may be concerned about financial strains. Uh, there, there may have been they may have been concerned about financial strains on small businesses absorbing testing costs. Because that's another thing we haven't even touched on is okay, you can get tested every week. All right, who's going to pay for that? What does that look like? When do I have to have my test in? We don't really know. Is it going to be ridiculous? Sure feels that way, right? I mean, testing once a week? Okay. Mm, yeah. How much is my job worth to me? That's what it's coming down to, right? How much is how much am I willing to pimp my body out? And how much is my job worth it to me? Can I get a job elsewhere that doesn't require this? A lot of that going on. So many different angles to this deal. And I haven't really tried to mentally work my way around all of them, or even address them, I shouldn't say work my way, because I'm just never going to get there. But even just really think about them all, because you start to go from one spot and you go, all right, so if this this level of industry is expected to get the the jab, all right, what about those guys? Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Small business, mm, small business off the hook. Why is that? Oh, well, because of this. Well, you know what I mean? There's there's so many unknown. It's all unknown. So Duff added that removing small businesses could blunt political pressure against the standard. Oh, now we're talking about political pressure. Barab said that during his tenure at the agency, OSHA didn't carve out a regulatory exemption for small businesses despite employer objections over such issues as silica exposure limits for construction and manufacturing, exposure to beryllium dust and fall protections. I know nothing about that. I'm not even going to comment. All right. So the administration's apparent decision to make an exemption now could start a bad pattern for future rulemakings, Barab said. So we've got that to consider too. All right. So the administration has laid this out. Hey, we're going to have OSHA do this. They're going to have OSHA uh, do the emergency deal. Um, how many patterns are going to come out of that? How many, you know, future rulemakings are going to be based on that? It is, the whole thing is shocking. All right. So yeah, that's the guts of it. Uh, we haven't touched on the whole testing thing. And if I see a good article, I will. If you see one, send it to me. But this is the OSHA vaccination mandate. Um, so we've got the, the federal, we've got, you know, you've got individual cities requiring it, you've got counties requiring it. All right, I'm going to probably do a podcast because got a lot of local people listening. Um, but King County just kicked out their mandate, which impacts me because my significant other is a county employee. And um, that deadline has gone from October the 18th to get vaccinated to December 2nd. So we've got that. That's one of the first ones you're like, okay, yeah. We're just going to, we're going to give you some more time. We're going to give you some more time to really think about what the right thing is to do and, you know, give you some more time to go get that jabby jab. But some of the other things that are included in that extension of time is, all right, here's the thing. Uh, any, any other jabby jab that we require, you're going to have to get. 
So any booster shot that's recommended by, uh, you know, CDC, of course, who, you know, is just, they've got everything down and under control. And if they say to do it, you're going to have to jump and just say, basically, how high? How high do I go here? Um, and then they're also county is also not going to be allowing sick leave between now and December 2nd, unless you're really sick. <coughs> Can't work today. I see a lot of that coming up. A lot, of, a lot of blue flu for county workers. Yeah, I am really sick over here working from home. Really sick. <laughs> can't hit, can't hit the computer today. Because so many of these workers are still working from home. Nobody's working in the office. And yet you're still being mandated to get the jab. It, 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 it's mind boggling to me. Um, but then again, a lot of things are, and that's why we're talking about it here in the Seattle real estate podcast. And why are we talking about the OSHA vaccine mandate on a real estate podcast? I go over this because people are like, yeah, you cover topics that aren't even real estate. Well, not everything is directly related to real, you know, houses, that's just such a small part of it. Talk about the demand for housing. Employment is such a huge component of demand. That's why we're doing this. Because the whole OSHA thing, uh, it could mean people's worlds gets rocked. Yeah, you don't have a job. But King County went from, uh, like I said, October 28th, I think. I need to just have a massive calendar that I can look at. October 28th to December 2nd. But no sick leave in there because you can see how that goes. People have sick, sick leave built up. Yeah, I'm going to take eight weeks of sick leave. <laughs> and then I'm going to say, you know what? I decline to get the vaccination. I decline. And then we've got the whole religious and we've got the whole medical. What a mess. It's, it's crazy that people are having to fight for their jobs based on what to me should be a personal choice as to what to put into their body. So yeah, here we are. We've got so many questions, so few answers, but I think the big thing to take away from this podcast, if you're going to take anything away from any of my podcasts, <laughs> is there's no basis for the 100-person threshold and it brings up so many more questions. And I think when you start to analyze these in a court of law, there's going to be a lot of holes and there's going to be some troublesome times getting this through. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see how the, the court systems react to this stuff. I don't know, but for a nationwide mandate, it's got to hold some more water than what we're being shown here right now. And I don't, I don't know. Um, could this get extended out forever? Yeah, but they're just, they're just trying to put pressure on everybody. Hey, go get the jab. We want to see us up around that 90% vaccination rate. And maybe we'll ease off. Does that happen? I don't know. Maybe. Could. Um, or they just keep going. Now, we need a 100% vaccination rate. We need 100%. That's never going to happen, clearly. But they're going to push and make you think, yeah, you're going to lose your job. So many industries out there. I get so many different emails from people saying, my industry's this, and here's, here's what we're doing. Or, you know, such a small percentage of our people have submitted their proof of vaccination. And 
another thing would be to wait until the very last minute, submit your vaccination and say, under duress, I am submitting this. I do not agree with this, but I need my job. Therefore, here you go. Here's my paperwork. But wait until the very, very last minute to do that. Kind of makes sense. Under duress, that's what most of this feels like. It feels like duress. You're being pushed into doing something with your body that you may or may not be comfortable with. And your job's on the line. All right, that's it for me on this one. Thanks so much. I'll be covering this topic some more. So make sure you stay tuned in. Hit the subscribe button, hit that notification bell so you don't miss my next podcast on whatever it is that we're doing. Thanks again for being here. We'll catch up soon. Till then, stay safe. We'll talk then. Bye. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.